Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TV Media Group, but for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? I ask you every week and subscribe on YouTube, turn on notifications, and connect with me on LinkedIn. You know I'd love to stay connected to you. Today you are going to meet Caleb Thornhill, who is the Director of Player Engagement for the Miami Dolphins. He's got an inspiring story. He really, really does. I love how he just went after what it is he wanted. He dives into that story, and we're also talking about dreams, and that none of us just have one dream. It's okay to have more than one or two or three. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to meet virtually, because I don't think we've met in person yet, Caleb Thornhill. He is the Director of Player Engagement for the Miami Dolphins. Hi, Caleb. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Nice to meet you. Um, I want to learn more about you and what you do, because I'm just getting to know a little bit more about you. I know you're entering, is it, or in the 10th season with the Miami Dolphins? Actually, 11th. I'm dating myself 11th. a little bit. Yeah. Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> day by day. By day. <laughs> but tell us, what does that mean? Director of player engagement. It took me a while to, to really identify the philosophy of what the position's about, but I, I bucketed it into kind of my personal mission statement within the role, which is, to engage, educate, and empower individuals to reach their full potential, both on and off the field. And so that right there is kind of encompassing of the role is I do believe that you have to engage, you have to develop a relationship before you can educate somebody because they have to trust you. And then once you educate them, give them the tools, they're now empowered to make powerful decisions throughout the remainder of their life. So that's what I look to do on a day-to-day basis is what the players is allow them to uh, trust me, but also educate them and empower them so they can have great careers, not only now, but when the game's no longer a part of their life. Take me back because you, I'm guessing in 11 seasons, you haven't always been the director of player engagement. No, no, I mean, I have been here, but the journey to your point to get here was a hard one. I had a father for 21 years of my life. His name was Charles Mad Dog Thornhill. He taught me everything I could ever want to about how to treat people, how to work hard, dedication, sacrifice, how to be a father, how to be a husband. And on December 21st of 2006, I watched my father pass away before my own eyes unexpectedly. And when you asked me to do this, I was like, that moment right there was a critical moment in terms of living life to the fullest. And it took me a while to grieve from that and to know that I have a, I've had a father for 21 years now, although his, his, let's call it his book is, his chapter is closed. I'm just picking up the pen 
and writing more chapters for a legacy that he left me. And that really began my journey to fulfilling the purpose of empowering other people and engaging and educating and empowering, right? So taking you back after my career was over at Michigan State, I worked under the athletic director as a graduate assistant. After the graduate assistant, I knew that I wanted to go explore the NFL and player development, as they called it at the time. So I had reached out via LinkedIn to Detroit Lions. They brought me in. I got an interview, um, worked very hard at that, and and they offered me an internship for six months. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you want to play professionally? My dad and my brother both played professionally, and I wanted to play too. Um, Unfortunately, I had five surgeries throughout my career, my body had taken a blow. Um, I was coming up my fifth surgery when my father passed away. And I was like, man, do, what, what do I, what, what am I going to do? And so for me, there was an identity crisis. I call it identity foreclosure when that chapter was closed and I decided not to play professional football. That really shook me to my core, the exploratory phase of, of life in terms of what does it mean uh, how do I how do I leave a lasting legacy? What is what does God want me to do? That was all explored after my career really was over. You're going through that identity foreclosure, as you mm-hmm. put it, at around the time of 21, 22. Still really young. You reach out to the Detroit Lions because you're like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm not going to be on the field, but I still want to have some involvement with the sport that I love, I'm assuming. I I love football, but I also love developing people, right? And so that got me to at Michigan State saying, hey, I want to reach out and and get an internship in the NFL to see what it's like. Uh, I drove down to Detroit, interviewed uh, for operations and player development, it was called at the time. And I I felt like I had done really good in the interview and got a call back and, and obtained that position from in 2009, really from that's called August all the way to January. And that right there set the tone. When I got in the building and saw how these players were struggling, I became addicted to wanting people, uh, especially in the NFL, to get better as a father, man, player, person, holistically. That's where it all started in 2009. There's no doubt about it. I had been offered a position with the Detroit Lions for a year, okay? But the the director of player engagement at the time or development as they called it had left and was supposed to be gone a year but he suddenly came back so the position that was offered to me for a year was no longer available and so I was scrambling I remember sitting in Matt Stafford's apartment because he allowed me to live there because I didn't have any money he's like oh you could just stay at my place and I would sit there and hit refresh on NCAA.org to see what positions were opening up (laughs) In addition to that, with the Detroit Lions, I sent 244 letters to NFL organizations inquiring about a role in player engagement to GMs, to vice president of uh, operations, you name it, head coaches. And I got 244 rejection letters, essentially. No responses, no phone calls, no nothing. And I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? What am I going to do? And I'll never forget getting a phone call from the director of player engagement with the Lions, Galen Duncan, who had come back, and he said, the Miami Dolphins just, their guy just left. Their director of player development had just left. And I said, no way. 
So I pick up the phone and I'm calling Miami Dolphins. And Annie Berger, who's the assistant to the GM, she's still here today. I remember calling her over and over again, leaving messages for the GM, Jeff Ireland at the time. Never got a call back. Okay. Never got a call back. The last resort was the NFL Combine was coming up in Indianapolis. I remember going there searching for Jeff Ireland for the Miami Dolphins. The third day, finally, he shows up at the um, the lift. And I remember stopping him and shaking his hand and saying, hey, I'm Caleb Thornhill. I left you a couple messages. I'm really interested in the position of director and player of player development for the Miami Dolphins. And I remember him looking at me and going, I put that position on the back burner. I haven't even thought about it. I apologize for not getting back to you. Why don't we meet tomorrow in the suite at one o'clock? And I remember saying, yep, no problem. Like I got you. The next day, went in there, talked to the GM for an hour. He called the head late uh, Tony Sperano, rest in peace, uh, who was the head coach at the time. And I, I spent another hour with him. And after I got done, I shook both their hands and then drove back to Michigan because it was that's what I went up there for three days later I get a call from the GM that says I want to fly you down for a second interview fly down to Miami and I'll never forget it the GOAT Bill Parcells was my last interview he's in the Hall of Fame right now and I'll never forget my father before I went there the GM stopped me before I went to Bill Parcells office he stopped me he said, do you need a drink of water? You need to use the bathroom. Almost testing me like, am I nervous? And I just remember my father always telling me, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. And what he meant by that is treat everybody the same with respect, with dignity. Like no matter if it's the CEO, the janitor. And I remember his words in my mind, walking into that door and having a great interview and a great discussion with him. And the GM brought me back. And he wrote a bunch of numbers down and he said, we want to offer you the position of director of player development for the Miami Dolphins. And that right there, I said, yes, the Miami Dolphins gave me an opportunity to fulfill my purpose. And I'm forever grateful for that. So do you feel like that passion and that you had for player engagement and really going after that position was something you always had? because not everyone would really do that. I, you know, some people would, but not everyone would really take those steps when we talk about that identity foreclosure. Mm -hmm. I feel like you had to be somewhat secure in your identity to go after mm -hmm. it the way that you did. I think that being in football where you're being critiqued all the time, right? You're being watched film, you're being yelled at, you're being uh, corrected nonstop. And you hear a lot of, no, you didn't do this right. And you have to correct that. So I think, not only the game of football taught me that, but I think my father and, and my household and learning from my brother uh, and my mom all taught me that. So I think that was built through the roots of my family, but also I would probably say uh, accelerated through the game of football and, and having so much feedback. I will say with young people nowadays, I, I think sometimes they need to worry about stacking up more no's and stop stacking trying to worry about getting so many yeses right i think you have to accept um that people are always not going to give you the answer you want to hear all the time and failure has to be part of your recipe because i just feel like it leads to that success you know 
what is the position like how does it I, i'm sure it has evolved over the last 11 seasons so really tell Absolutely. me um when you get into it do you feel hey this is really aligned with my purpose this is why <laughs> i went after it yeah i think in the beginning i'll uh, i'll never forget having to earn their respect you know, keep in mind i was the youngest director of player engagement in nfl history so i'm a young kid i had just turned 25 and i'm walking into a locker room with guys that are 35. i mean i was swimming a channing crowder always jokes around like man he was a young buck just trying to figure it out and i said yeah i was but a lot of those guys helped me figure it out as well as we grew together um but it was very tough you know i would say the the you know, between the beginning couple years and then transitioning coaches in 13 um, and then transitioning coaches again in 15 and then transit, you know, like there's been GM transitions that there's been head coaching transitions. Um, and so you got to deal with all of that. And I remember I, the owner of the organization probably didn't know my name until 2015. And then, you know, so there's levels to uh, your beginning point of your career and where you are and you want to do things fast but I also think you have to build the foundation and my foundation was the trust with the players the organization the work so that that took a lot of time and it takes a lot of humility uh, to do that because if you think you have it figured out in life we always say the three most dangerous words in the NFL but really this is life is I got it like those are the three most dangerous words because <laughs> once you say I got it you stop listening and when you stop listening you stop learning so for me I've always tried to approach the philosophy in my role I, I, I'll never get it but I'm gonna keep trying it's just surprising to me that you had that maturity really at such a young age that humility that you mentioned because I think that's something that often times comes with age as well so tell me how the role has evolved, right? So you laid that foundation. Really, um, you know, how have you developed it? What has it become? And, and really, what is your, your role today? You look back, the mentors that I had from when I came in and other DPs around the league, without them, I don't, I'm not, I'm not successful at all, matter of fact. How it evolved, I think, for me was just, you know, having the philosophy of raising the bar, right? And whatever you're doing in life. So every year I can kind of look back and be like, gosh, I can't believe I did that in 2016 or 17. I just try to accomplish kind of one big thing that's tailored towards somebody else, like every year. And I'll do the most recent one as an example, right? We never had a social impact committee at the Miami Dolphins. Um, We've had people that are advocates, but really not a committee on the team that works towards uh, civic engagement, education, and economic empowerment. And just this year in, in, in 2020, in a COVID year, we started a social impact committee. And these guys have done a phenomenal job, the five members that are on it. And if I rewind even past that and go, let's go back to 2016, was the first time Again, we, I work with great people. Our owner, Stephen Ross, allowed us to take players up to New York City to experience a Miami Dolphins business combine where we took 16 players that paid on their own because we couldn't pay for it at that time to New York City. And Mr. Ross, Stephen Ross, opened up his doors of business and real estate 
in other areas of entrepreneurship to be able to do an immersive, let's call it accelerator in business and, and really network, learn new skills and have an opportunity to really plant some seeds that um, you watch come to fruition. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Spencer Pacinger, who started a show called All American on CW was a part of that first class in 2016 of going to the business combine. Hmm. It's when he first mentioned the idea, I'm gonna do a show about my life growing up in South Central LA. Like I'm going to do that. And to watch it come to fruition hmm. from a concept to, to reality and through his hard work and dedication, I'm hoping I'm just like a little piece of right. what he was able to do and explore. So that's how it's evolved is that at first, it was just placing people in uh, internships that the NFL offered. And then I began to go, how do we create opportunities for guys that are outside the scope of that that may provide more value for them? How do we create something that could be impactful for our organization, our players, give them access that other clubs can't provide? And, and what we've done is created the Dolphins Business Combine that has been um, – you know, transformational for every player that has come through here. I mean, we started with 16 and 16 and we had 41 in 2020 before the pandemic hit, we got it in, in time. Mm. Right. So, so 16 to 41 guys over the course of four years. So when you look at that, that's the growth that we've, we've, people have seen the value of what we do and as an organization and they bought it. And that in the first business combine was the one in New York that you mentioned where the player self-funded that trip, self-funded, which, which I saw that video. Um, there, were, I think there was a video that the Dolphins produced on that trip, um, which mm -hmm. is really fantastic. So I'll make sure to link to that below in the show notes so people can check that out because that was I think I saw that at least a year or two ago and I was really impressed with watching that and seeing that program. So that was the first of the business combines. Mm -hmm. That was the very, very first, first one. And, and uh, I'll tell you this, it was the, I would say one of the hardest projects I've ever worked on. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it's been one of the hardest things because it requires so much planning, preparation, commitment from guys, but also execution to provide value on what they want to get out of it. Not what we want, what do they want? So we've now tailored it to a survey that we survey the guys in the beginning of the season and we build the business combine based on the results that, from our locker room. And so that's that makes me feel at peace when we know from an organizational perspective that we're doing everything in our power to fulfill, I guess, my personal mission, but to engage, educate, empower uh, individuals to reach their full potential, both on and off the field. Is there a position like that with every NFL team? A position like that with every NFL team. Okay. And we're all, we're all connected, okay? Wow. And what I mean by that is we're all very close with one another due to the role and we all um, work towards evolving what player engagement is and can be. Has that been something that has been around for quite some time? I mean, you mentioned, you know, you with the Miami Dolphins for about 11 seasons now. So it's been around for quite some time. 
Yeah, it's been around since, I want to say it's 92, 1992, and it's evolved from them. It used to be called player programs, meaning we're just going to put programs in front of the players, we're going to educate them on, and then it evolved to player development, which was a little bit more holistic, and then it went to, I believe it was 2000, and let's call it 11 or 12 player engagement. So... I mean, I don't think we talked about the why, right? So maybe for those who don't even realize that there are positions like this within the NFL. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now we know that. But why is that so important? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. We just had a call with the rookies, right, the other day. And this is why it's important. As I asked them, you know, they're almost done with their first year. I said, you know, what's the hardest part about being in the National Football League? you know, thus far, right? And so you're getting all these answers. And I thought about this too. I said, the hardest part in my opinion about being in the National Football League is we're asking you at 21, 22, 23 years old, three years old to operate like you're 35 years old without the life experience. That's the hardest part. Millions of dollars at 20 years old, if you could take yourself back to your 20 year old self, would you make the right decisions financially? Just that alone. What about your relationships and the people you're around? You probably want friends to come with you, right? And think about the complexities in, in how you grew up. I don't know how you grew up, but think about the pressure your family and friends place on you to meet their financial burdens all of a sudden, because now you're a bank to them. And think about the conversations you have to have with people and tell them no. Sometimes that's a lost relationship with a mother or a father because of money and it's not that you change the people around them change so that's a hard thing to deal with at a young age while trying to perform elite on the field so what director player engagements do is we hold at least 50 sessions with them from the moment they're drafted to the end of their rookie season which will be you know the end of this uh, regular season about all these different areas from a to z to be able to help educate them, to give them information to make great decisions so they can be empowered to have great careers. So how does it work? Do they opt into it? Explain kind of how, where the business combine has evolved to today. <laughs> They're just not gonna opt into it. We have to sell them on the program, right? And the way you sell somebody on something is to, number one, have a relationship with them and they gotta know your heart and intentions. Number two, like I said before, we survey every one of them at the beginning of the season. So by the time we're presenting this information, we're showing them how we've built this based on what they want to learn in the off season. So now we've, we have the entire itinerary, guest speakers. Um, we had a Shark Tank competition, which is obviously the culmination of our business combine, but you're presenting all that information in a team room setting. And th from that point, they sign up because the early earlier you get them to sign up, the more we can plan for uh, the curriculum, the hotel space, because it's a week long overnight. Um, and that's a huge commitment in the off season. So that's how it's progressed is we've surveyed, get their commitments. They have to opt in in terms of uh, paying for it, but they get reimbursed by the NFL uh, and then prepping them and getting them excited all the way leading up to the business combine, meaning We'll get them little gifts along the way leading up to so they kind of always remember, hey, it's coming up. So we've always done that. And then once they get there, 
that's where the real magic happens. And, and for me, it's the most transformational week that, that I always look forward to, um, you know, and, and something that by the end of it, you're excited about the relationships that have been established. So a lot of times players are fire ready aim where now they have an advocate where they can actually ready aim fire before they start doing something. Um, so that's what's cool about it, is they have a, a circle of of mentors, including our owner, that they can bounce anything off of, and even um, the other individuals that they meet. That they don't have to walk alone in this; they're being developed along the way. Mm. Would you say um, so many more of the players are now thinking of life after football in a much more proactive way? I think so. I think LeBron James has a lot to do with that. And I'm going to give credit to where credit's due is, you know, more than an athlete has has really evolved. In 2010, if I asked every guy in our locker room what do you want to do after your career is over, it would be what? It would be coaching, broadcasting, or doing something in my community. Those would be the top three. And that was probably until 2013 where things began to change and it began, it, it began to be cool to have success in building something for your off the field. Like LeBron James made it cool to want to go chase something beyond the game of sports instead of being pigeonholed to believing you can only do one thing and you can't do anything else. So I, I give huge credit to that. And it's been cool. It's been cool when you see other athletes investing in real estate, starting this company, doing this, doing that. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of the minorities that get highlighted has done a great deal in terms of the percentage of black players that play in the national football league to inspire them because they always need somebody to look up to. Right. I think that, 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 that has allowed guys to keep dreaming. Cause I think what happens is when you get to the NFL, it's your dream. You've worked your whole life for it. And athletes forget to stop. They, they, they forget to keep dreaming. They stop dreaming and they forget to keep dreaming. Like it's, it can continue. Although you're in your dream, it's okay. They have to be given permission to go, you can do more. Mm -hmm. And here's the skill sets I see within you that can be, uh, you know, sharpened even more. You can put more tools in your toolbox that can allow you to do some of the things you want to do. So the, the language and, and, and what the way we view life after sports is much different. Now we view it as leveraging our, um, let's call it professional identities. Right. And just like you were saying, you can have more than one dream. You can have more than two dreams. You don't just have to stop at one and keep pursuing and keep dreaming throughout life. So I love that. Um, what's next? Anything new or different you're, or, you know, that you're working on as far as business combine, player engagement that you can share? It's hard in COVID season, right? So we're not gonna right. make excuses though. I'll never make excuses. We're just gonna <laughs> find a way what we're looking to do in the future is this, is that the social impact committee, as I mentioned earlier, is a huge priority, something that we did this year. I want to, you know, be able to help those guys evolve in the off season any way I can and serve them. Um, I think from a business combine standpoint, we are targeting to do something virtually this off season, which will be completely different. But again, we're not going to make excuses. We're going to get it done and try to make it as productive as possible. So that's coming up. And then in 2022, 2022, we will be ready to unleash something uh, powerful that I cannot disclose 
right now, but it Ooh. is being worked on. I know, I know. <laughs> At least the conceptual, um, innovative thoughts that we have, and we're excited to kind of make sure the world and people are safe and we can go back to normal and begin to do some of those previous activities. I'm sure that everybody was used to doing, uh, but we're excited about that. But overall, I'll just, I'll just leave it here is that our head coach, Brian Flores, has, has done a tremendous job empowering player engagement because it's not just me uh, as it relates to player engagement to really evolve he spoke at the business combine, opened it up last year. No head coach has done that before. No head coach has say, hey, this is this is important. Uh, I'm going to be there. He takes a later flight uh, out uh, to the NFL combine to be at our business combine to speak to our guys. And, and our owner was there and our CEO was there. So, look, when you have support like that, like anything is possible and who you work for, um, really does matter and, and what a great organization to be a part of where we all feel empowered in our respective departments to do uh, great things so um, that's I wanted to make sure I got that in there no I appreciate you sharing that and lastly I do want to ask do you feel like after you know at 21 having that fifth surgery um, not being able to pursue your career on the field but mm -hmm. now looking at where you are have you found your purpose have I found my purpose I believe I found my identity I think that purpose is evolving now the more that you experience life now my identity is in Jesus Christ that's just where I am in my life okay but in terms of purpose, I think that that those things, as long as you stay true to your identity, your core, who you are, I think those things will be added on to you, the purpose, right? I think that I'm living my purpose, but I do believe uh, that God has more in store for me. And I'm just waiting uh, aggressive. I always say patiently aggressive. That's kind of one of my sayings is being patiently aggressive for that next calling of what, what does he want me to do next within this role? Um, and maybe down the road, right? I'm always looking for cues, but no, uh, I feel like it's ever evolving. I really do. I couldn't agree more, honestly. I love that. So in closing, tell everyone how they can find you, connect with you, learn more about the dolphins, what you're doing as far as player engagement. And I'll make sure to link to that below in the show notes. KT underscore player engage on Twitter. Facebook, just my name, Caleb Apex, which is my nonprofit, Apex Thornhill. And then for Instagram, it's just Caleb Thornhill. And then anything on Miami Dolphins, MiamiDolphins.com. You could find anything and everything on that website and people's positions. Maybe you want to send some letters because you're interested in an area like I did, 244 letters. So maybe you there can go you to go. Miami Dolphins and find that list and reach out to some people. And ne I never forget, handwritten letters are are still very impactful for all my little young millennials out there or individuals that just want to work on social media. Make sure you send just people send nice letters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Um, no, I appreciate this and hearing your story. It's really been inspiring to, to hear what you've gone through and also how you're working with so many others to, you know, find a new path and passion or purpose in life. So thank you.
This is awesome. I cannot wait to watch some more of your episodes. So thank you very much. I'm sure you learned several new things in this episode from Caleb Thornhill and so many things that I didn't know or realize about player engagement in the NFL and really just how important and necessary it is. And I love what he's taken, how he went after it and how he's taken the position and brought it to new levels, obviously with the support as well of his colleagues at the Miami Dolphins. So make sure you connect with Caleb, find all of his information below, check out some of their stories on the business combine, which you can see great videos of online. All of that's linked below and connect with me. You know, I ask you every week, if you're listening to this and still aren't connected with me, what are you even doing? Hit connect on LinkedIn, subscribe on YouTube, turn notifications on, and you know, come back here next week. I'd love to see you until then. Stay happy, stay healthy.